This is Go Powercat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, and we appreciate you listening to the Powercat podcast. You can now subscribe to our podcast with iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, among many others. Or you can just come to gopowercat.com and use the megaphone.fm player. And remember, K-State fans, you can get 30% off an annual subscription to gopowercat.com. Complete, independent, professional coverage of Kansas State sports. With analysis and commentary, you will find nowhere else. Now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the PowerCat Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the PowerCat Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Podcast, our final July edition. And I'm going to declare it right now. Uh, Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, and Zach Carlson. Boys, I'm going to declare it. We've made it through the summer. Yep. Camp opens tomorrow. Football is underway in Manhattan within the next 24 hours. We will have media day and all that stuff. The following week, boys, we made it all the way through the summer. We have a press conference on Monday, don't we? Is it Monday? Let me see. Yeah. We have practice first. We have practice, open practice at 10.30 a.m. And uh, then a press conference at 1.30. Holy crap, we get to be there that long? Yeah, it's, it's the whole new world. It's. Do we get to be there that long, or is that just when we're allowed? It doesn't say leave at any point. I'm just saying if Kansas State wanted us to leave practice, they should have specified right. before the press we're release. We're going to stay now. We're going to take weapons. That We're going to fight to stay. We have a taste of freedom, and we are going to fight for our freedom. When do we want it? Sometime in the near future. <laughs> but we're not that aggressive to go get it. Yeah, we're going to have so many media opportunities. It's crazy. Maybe not as many in the, I don't know, in the fall. They're talking about three different days of press conferences. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know, let's be honest here. We're just talking amongst the three of us. Nobody's listening. I mean, with Coach Snyder, he wouldn't let you do anything. Now, they're going to have open practices. They're going to have a day when we talk to assistant coaches and players and a day when we talk to coordinators. On Thursday, after they've done their game plan. It's like, we're going to learn stuff. Here is the media schedule for us in fall camp. Here we go. We talked to Chris Kleiman on the 5th. Chris Kleiman on the 9th. Post-practice interviews with Brian Anderson, Colin Klein, Jason Ray, Connor Riley on the 13th. Post-practice interviews with Messingham and select offensive players on the 15th. Defensive assistants, I'm not going to read all their names, on the 19th. Chris Kleiman on the 20th, Hazleton on the 23rd, and then, holy crap, it's game week. It's a whole new world. So much content. It's amazing. If you're not a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com, if you love this podcast and you tune in for it, we appreciate it very much, but the time is here to become a part of the GoPowerCat family. We're not screwing around this fall. What we're going to provide our users, our subscribers, is going to be... Uh, really incredible, including the power chat. We're very close to announcing the schedule of it. Should I just go ahead and do it? 
No, don't do the release, but we've done all four. These these people keep a secret. No, okay. No. I'll be putting out the release real soon. That's why you're writing it. All four are in the can. You know where that comes from, don't you, Zach? No. They used to they used to film movies and they'd have a little can for the film. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know either. Thanks for asking. They're in the can. They're ready to for their final edit. Final details on the opening sequence. Wally, hurry up. Um, but yeah, it's it's ready to roll. First one will be Monday, August 5th. If you're not a subscriber to Go Pyrocat, I'm going to tell you not to subscribe today. Don't do it. Wait until Sunday. Wait until Monday. Just wait. You're going to want to do it by Monday. You're going to want to do it so that you can get the Chris Climb and Power Chat. They will oh, be... shoot. Dang it! <laughs> Did you do that intentionally? Did not. <laughs> but it's God not, dang it. But like, like it's a big surprise. It's Coach Kleiman. Can we bleep it? No. But they, uh, they are in two parts because these are hour-long discussions with coaches, players, alumni, mentally administrators. Not in this sequence. Four times a year. Four power chats a year. Excuse me. Four power chats a season. That's 16 interviews a year, and we'll split them in half, so it's like 32 things. So Monday, Tuesday, the following Monday, Tuesday, the next Monday, Tuesday, and then the Monday, Tuesday of game week, we will have our final one of season 1.1. We are fired up. And if you're not a subscriber, you don't get it. No, this is behind the paywall. This is the kind of stuff we're going to provide for our subscribers, stuff you can find nowhere else. And honestly, they're not superficial, hey, let's talk about the team stuff you get in a press conference. They're totally different than that. We talk about the person, and we get in-depth and personal, and and that's how I always envisioned this. Uh, Just couldn't do it until someone else retired. not going to mention names here on the podcast. Sil Benider. That's it. That that was exactly it. (laughs) Will. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Kevin and everyone has been with us for a very long time, and I would suspect that they will stick with us here into the new sports season. I'll be hitting you up, Kevin, if you're listening. I doubt he listens. Why would he listen to this? I mean, come on. The guy's busy. He's he's selling liquor and beer and wine. He doesn't. Breaking. Go Paracat makes shock change to different liquor company. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Nobody's as good as the fridge, unless I have to get another sponsor. Uh, (laughs) Then we like that one. (laughs) We're in the WTC Gig Pirate Studios, and we appreciate our relationship with WTC. Eventually, hopefully sometime this fall, if you're a WTC subscriber, that's hard to say, man, uh, which is very few people in Manhattan. They don't do a lot of residential Manhattan. It's just kind of not a good infrastructure to go wire a bunch of fiber. A lot of businesses have it, including us, but smaller towns like Wamego, St. Mary's, all them, uh, that have WTC, there will be, get ready for it, a Go Powercat channel eventually. We'll have our own programming channel. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, we will have Real World with Riley Gates. <laughs> we'll Weather have, in the morning with Riley Gates. We'll have The Bachelor with Zach Carlson as he unduly judges women and why they're not good enough for him. <laughs> Come on, I'm not Luke. <laughs> Damn. 
from the top rope. And we will have Fitz's wing ding, in which he eats wings all the time. There's really no content to the show. He just <laughs> me camera as I eat wings. Now, all of our free content, video-wise, uh, including a video version of the podcast, uh, will go up on the channel. Take Pretty excited. we got a few more things to accomplish with that, including cameras for the studio. That's important. If you're going to do video, you got probably have a camera. Sure. Well, the first half is sponsored by Tanner's. I'm excited. Excited for Tanner's or excited for the first half? I'm excited for the first half. Okay. I, I can't believe we made it through the whole summer. And part of the reason why is uh, I haven't been to Tanner's as often. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. Uh, summer at Tanner's has always been an enjoyment for me and my friend Toby. They said it couldn't <laughs> be done. They said there wasn't enough words out there. Uh, but we did it. How has cancer changed you? Well, I don't drink very much. I'm a morning person, and I pee a lot more than even I ever expected. That's not at all what I thought I'd get out of it. <laughs> it's kind of a lousy deal, frankly. I know. I know. But get into Tanner's. Great place to watch a game or have a beer. Very good food, too. Let's get rolling now with your questions from All Bass Station at GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast for the final week of July. From KNED, tight ends and double tight end sets seem to be all the rage during talking season. Are there any concerns K-State is, is really zagging with other guys but think they are zigging? I thought it was the other way around. Zagging, I thought you zagging. were – I thought – doesn't so does that mean that K-State thinks they're doing the same? No, I think they, they're talking about doing stuff, but they're not going to do it. They're going to do it, I think. Oh, right? okay. I don't understand. They're going to do it. Zigging no matter and what, let's setting aside the zigging and zagging, they will have double tights. They will have triple tights with one of them as an H back in some formations. So let's start doing the counting. You've got five offensive linemen. You have a quarterback. That's six, really. I'm just keeping track here. Okay. Uh, you have two tight ends on the other end of the line. So now we're at eight. Another tight end in the backfield with a running back. So you got one receiver. You got one player field. left. Yeah, one receiver on the field. That will be a power formation they will use, but also throw out of. That'd be cool. Who who do we think? I think Leonard's will be out there. Leonard's healthy. Yeah. Um who we think is gonna be out there with him? Well, when blocking do we Gammon think anybody? will be there. Okay. I'm not sure on the other one. There's a bunch of guys. That's why I'm really excited, you know, that's that's the difference between being able to go to the fall camp and being able to go to the spring practices don't get me wrong i was grateful to go to spring practice that was fun that was different but like they were learning the new system it's pretty generic it was spring football at the end of the day you didn't really have a good grasp of who was where we're really going to get a good look here in these practices next week as to who's in what positions who might be going and win and things like that and be able to provide a much deeper and uh complete understanding of of kind of the formations and things like that Okay, so in the past we'd have media day, and then we would go nothing until the game week, right? Right. Every now and then, I think they. I think one year they peppered in when I was here. They peppered in like a two weeks before the game, and you were just kind of like, what? and they were useless. Well, yeah, because then they made the week before the game, because we got in all of our questions that week before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't tell you anything anyhow. Yeah, that too. But no, it's it's gonna be. 
a lot. It's going to be a great experience. Yes, we will have a lot of content free. We're running two different news feeds all on the front page. One is our free content that gets a lot of traffic. So we're running that idea, too, uh, along with our VIP content for our subscribers. All the in-depth analysis and all that are there, including stuff about tight ends when that time comes. From KSU number one, name the offensive and defensive player you believe will make the biggest leap during fall camp. That's a good question. My now, off- do we say leap from spring or leap from December? What, or? what they've done, yeah. Okay. Mine, we already talked about mine, Nick Lenners. I mean, he's leaping from half a game played before he got injured last year and into a system that they use a tight end. I think it'll be obvious. I'll go with Scott France on the offensive side of the ball because – I think you'll see him understand that now he has to emerge as the guy. You know, I think Adam Holtor still holds down the line. Um, but I think you got to see Scott France kind of become meaner and nastier and, and the lockdown offensive lineman that we knew Dalton to be. So I'll go with, I'll go with Scott. Okay. Defense? Um, I am going to say Walter Neal because yeah. he was starting to scratch that surface last year. I think we were all like, this kid's coming on. Did you hear him say he was starting to ass scratch that surface last year? Because that's what I heard. I did not. Hear okay, keep going, Riley, and ignore me. I apologize to Walter Neal for insinuating that he ass scratched anything. Okay, I'm sorry. That's that was mean. not my intention. Uh, he was starting to scratch the surface, and I, you know, there a mix of a few different things. You know, like team kind of fell apart. I don't want to say quit, but crumbled down at the end. They face better quarterbacks, better offenses, and and he was really new to it. So I think he's going to have his his issues. You know, size can only – yes, like you can play bigger than your size, but also your size is going to come back to hurt you at times. It's just a fact of life. Um, But I do think that he's going to take a step forward as as a defensive back. You mentioned someone now is the guy and has to step forward and will do so. I'm going to go with A.J. Parker. I think he's going to have a good year as a corner. Become a dude. Yeah, become more of a dude. He got burned a lot. And I think a lot of it was just confidence and knowledge and uh, understanding of the game. And I, I think bringing in some new philosophies on the back end of the defense, and it will only help him. Yeah, but he's the guy now, and he knows it. Dark horse candidate Jordan Mitty. I feel like he struggled a lot with the transition from Texas State to K-State last year. And I thought he was a better player than Joe Davies, but Joe had that knowledge of – Big 12 football. Yeah. So he'll be my dark horse. From Purple Powerhouse, who on defense has a really good chance to be one of the all time greats, if anyone? <laughs> Wyatt Hubert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's the only guy with t- enough time left and yeah. a high enough ceiling. Really? Mm hmm. Trying to think of anybody else. I mean, but... you got a lot of seniors over there. I mean, th- this defense is going to go through a transition. But he's a guy with two seasons left that can really make a big impact. And physically, he's there. He will be allowed to do more in this defensive system for Scotty Hazleton. I think his sack numbers are going to rise dramatically. Do we? Was it, in your opinion, was the growth of Wyatt Hubert physically, was it because of they, they make a change and somebody pushed him harder? Or do we? Or was that just simply... Would it have happened under Bill Snyder? Oh, I think it would have. I think, I think it would have, too. I think it was just a matter of, uh, you know, in the state of Kansas, 
you don't just start lifting weights and put on a bunch of body mass. you got to build the foundation. And the state of Kansas limits a kid's ability to do stuff. So you're not as physically developed coming out of high school as someone from Texas or Florida or New Jersey or Ohio, some of those states that really loosen up the rules, particularly Texas. So it takes Kansas kids a while to catch up. Uh, and I, th- I think once you got the solid foundation for muscle mass, you know, he, he really took off. It's easy. He looks like a different guy. You just said salad foundation, by the way. I did not. I did mm. not. Okay. Mm. But a, a, right, a salad even. foundation is, is good for any diet. All right, we're even now. Okay. From Wildcat Pilot 88, which freshmen burn through their red shirts and which ones play four games and maintain their red shirt status? I feel like in order to – I was, I was trying to. I'm not even going to try to pretend like I'm thinking about things. Now, in order to properly answer the question, we're going to have to have – the roster in front of us because we're definitely going to forget about some people, right? Well, let's let's just be honest with our listeners. We we're doing this uh, post power chat with one of our so we've done a hour long power chat already today, and uh, we went to lunch and ate something really heavy. I literally said light lunch so we can be productive in the afternoon. I they didn't listen. To completely me. forgot we we're doing a podcast today. <sighs> it wasn't on my schedule, so it didn't exist. You said it. I know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Got to right. Keenan Garber. I'm just going to go down the list here from the start. Keenan Garber. I, I'll i say he'll burn it. I thought, are you going to give opinions, too, or are you just going to? Let's read down the me... list here. I'll, I'll say who I think will burn it. Okay. Keenan Garber. Oh, so you just want me to read the whole yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. Keenan Garber. Jaron Lewis. Chris Heron, Logan Wilson, Will Jones, Kenyon Reed, Tyrone Lewis, Jay Creighton, Thomas Grayson, Joe Irvin, Josh Youngblood, Jacardia Wright, Jack Stanine, Khalid Duke, Clyde Price, Vaughn Malone, Levi Archer, my God, there's a lot of freshmen, Willie Garrison third, Ben Driver, Brendan Mott, Austin Moore, Cooper Beebe, Taylor Poit. I still can't say this kid's name. Taylor Poitier. I don't know. Trevor Stang, Trey Eaton, Matthew Palamoa, Elliot Strom, Connor Fox, Miles Livingston, and that's it. I was about to start. How big is Connor Fox? He is six foot four, two hundred forty-four pounds. He might be one. Yeah. Give him another big tight end body. Pull him out. I could. I don't know if I could see him burning it. I guess I, he'll play. I think. I think most most of the people that burn are going to be skill guys or corners, safeties. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the running backs, receivers, will burn. You think the running backs will burn? Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll burn. They'll burn for other things. Well, Jacksonine, I think will burn. Okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, a guy like like Grayson uh, might be the returner. What's the point of burning Clyde Price's red shirt? I think if you get down to Clyde Price and need to be on the field or running back, you have a bigger problem. Well, it depends on how productive the other guys are, and <clears throat> Clyde Price is a change up to what you have. Yeah. He's a big power guy. Grayson, then. Yeah. I guess I was just picking Price yeah. as an example. Yeah, Grayson, I think, might be a returner. Okay. I mean, they might use yeah. someone like that uh, with his speed. But, yeah, I, I, someone in the secondary will. Someone absolutely will. I could see Garber, Wilson, that'd be Logan Wilson. I could see Kenyon Reed, and Tyrone Lewis, 
Josh Youngblood, Jack Stanine, and maybe Connor Fox. I could see seven to eight guys realistically burning a red shirt this year. They're, they're going to go through a couple years here where they got to do this. I think they want to do it. Just to catch up physically, build the kind of depth they need to. Next year, they're going to lose a lot of seniors, uh, so they want to really plug in a bunch of guys. Don't put it past them. Someone gets injured, then they got a red shirt available. So, I mean, some guy plays as a freshman, sophomore, and dings up a shoulder, he just sits it out. I think uh, almost an over, like an overwhelming amount of those freshmen are going to push for four games. Like, they will. You, you will literally have to be physically unable to play at this level for them not to give you your four games. <laughs> and there might be some linemen who are that way. From KNED, the following Big 12 fan bases are expecting 10-plus wins. Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and TCU. Since there are not enough wins to go around, who is most likely to fall short? TCU won't win 10, I don't think. Wait, hold on. Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? Texas, TCU. Oklahoma State's definitely not winning 10 games this year. They don't have a quarterback yet. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, TCU. TCU won't. But they'll push. I, th- I think they'll push into the eight-game win region. I think Iowa State will be seven, seven to nine wins. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Oklahoma and Texas. God, that's so boring. You know, we find it boring, but the national media thinks it's perfect. Yeah, I know. And honestly, it is. It's good for the Big 12 if Texas makes it to the college football playoff this year. So I let- almost want Texas in the college football playoff. Let's say Oklahoma and Texas are really good this year. And they go... 12 and 0 and 11 and 1 because they play each other. But let's imagine the same two teams, same quality of teams they are, but they each get tagged with another loss from Iowa State, who goes undefeated. We're playing a hypothetical here. The Big 12 doesn't become stronger in the eyes of the national media, it becomes weaker. Even though it has a third team, that's good. But it's Iowa State, so they can't possibly be as good as There's Oklahoma. There's two and a half teams that are allowed to play for a national championship in, in the Big 12. It's Oklahoma, Texas, and Oklahoma State. Honestly, if Oklahoma State runs the table, they like Oklahoma State for some reason, which doesn't make any sense because like, Oklahoma State doesn't have anything extra than any of these other schools have. But they're like the only other team that can do it. I know I'm going to get raked over the coals for this one. I always like to cheer for Iowa State, okay? It's annoying when K-State plays them. I don't know why. Like, there's this awkward hate between these two fan bases. I mean, like, I get it. I'm not saying either side's wrong for disliking the other side. I'm saying, like, K-State fans hate Iowa State fans. Iowa State fans don't like them. But I like Iowa State. I like to cheer for them. Well, there's some similarities between the, between the institutions. Also, Matt Campbell. The the problem is, is if Iowa State's being successful, that takes a rung of the ladder away from your team. Yeah. There's only, you know, so everyone's on their rung. And right now, they think K-State's going to drop back to one step ahead of rock bottom, which is Kansas. I don't see that, but I understand why they picked that. And there are only so many wins to go around. And if you're K-State, you've got Mississippi State. If you lose that game, then you got to go four and five in the conference to get to six and six. Yeah. It, the math gets a little difficult. It really does. But 
I think the conference is going to be very competitive and very entertaining, and that's the reason why I think only those two teams will get to 10 wins because everyone else is going to cannibalize each other and, you know, win their home games or lose games they should win and win games they shouldn't win. It's going to get very entertaining, but it's going to end up with a bunch of seven, eight, and maybe nine win teams. It's a better conference than people think. Like, it really is. The Big 12 in almost every sport is really competitive. You know, there's not – everyone's putting effort into things except, honestly, Kansas and football. Everyone tries to be good in what they do in the major sports, and it makes it very competitive and entertaining. Last question of the first half from Etine Bibi. What are your thoughts on our future non-con schedule under Coach Kleiman? I, is he meaning, I guess – I mean, I, those I, are I those are set. Well, I, I think I can't figure out if he means like how is, is he going to schedule them or is he going to leave these games on the schedule? I put the questions together and I don't even know how he meant it. Let me see it. Like, does he mean like what do you think of how Coach Kleiman will handle the future games that are set or how will he schedule? Well, well the I think the scheduling is actually done by the athletic department. Yeah, but the coach has to say. Less now. Less now that I played good. NCAA 2007. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there we go, folks. Um, all of the head-to-head Power Five games are set through Rutgers in the year 2059. 2030. That game will be will be bought out. That game will be bought out. I don't know. Rutgers might be a football power. Buddy. There's nothing to gain. Oh, you're right. It is 2031 at Rutgers. And a preview of what could be the national title game. Did, Kansas State opens at Rutgers. How did Rutgers get the funding to get a new locker room? Who's supporting that program? They are the State School of New Jersey. That's fair. Whatever. Come on, man. They've got donors, too. Three of them. Well, all right. Let's just answer the question in both ways. He's not going to wipe any of these games off the schedule. Frankly, the schedule is really good for him because it pushes his team, but it also gives him some very winnable Power 5 games. Arizona, Missouri, Washington State. Colorado. I mean, those are teams that could they end up being top 15 programs down the line? Sure. But they could also be middle of the pack in their conference and very beatable on the road or at home. So he's not really going to change any of those unless, like I said, Rutgers gets bought out. In terms of how he schedules, I really don't think it's going to be any different no, than from what Coach be. Snyder did. It won't be. He's He'll gonna, schedule the Power Five. He's going he to keep an FCS program on the on the schedule, not for the same motivation of Coach Snyder, who wanted to schedule win. He's going to do it to let them have an opportunity. That's his background, and then they'll play a MAC Mountain West. Look, I mean, as, two lanes in there in the future. As a football fan, as someone that thinks it would benefit K-State to play 11 Power 5 games, I would love to see them go to the to what West Virginia is doing. But I'm not an idiot, and I know that you... Uh, why do more than you need to do? All you really need to do, if you want to make the college football playoff, is run your conference and play at least one Power 5 out of it. There's no sense in putting a second one on there. It doesn't double prove anything. You, you just summed up my my basketball career right there. Yeah. Why do more than you need to do? Just do what's required. Just do just meet look, the minimum. It I I get what you're saying, but it it's like West Virginia puts themselves in a precarious position 
because they're scheduling two potential losses in the non-conference instead of two potential wins. So if you only go one and two in your non-conference, you have to have a winning record in the Big 12 just to get bowl eligible. That's tough. It's tough. Now, the upside of that is you have the year where you win both those games, you roll into the Big 12, then you probably are more acceptable to a playoff situation. I think the scheduling will stay the same. They're going to play a Power 5. They're going to play an FBS team and an FCS team. They'll play a non-Power 5 and then an FCS team. I think that's going to stay the same. Unless there's realignment or something, there's going to be no change to this. And like I said, a lot of the contracts are signed. You can go to future football schedules uh, and find it. That's where. Or you can go find my old story where I set up all the future. Don't do Don't 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 give them the clicks. Please give us the clicks. (laughs) I would like the clicks, please. Well, that's it for the first half of this week's PowerCat podcast, sponsored by the Fridge. This segment was sponsored by Tanners, and we will be right back after the break with the second half. The gang will return with more of the PowerCat podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Welcome back to the Power Camp Podcast from the WTC Gig Pirate Studios. I really like the studio. I wish it was a little cooler. It feels pretty good to me. I, mean, I meant to turn on the fan during the break to just get some air moving. We can turn it on right now. You, we had it going on that one day week in the podcast. You know what, you guys, let's see if it's really as loud as you guys say. Well, hold on. Did you do it? Yeah. There we go. I heard it, but There's I mean, the beep. There's the wind. Well, the that. problem with this thing is it, it's... I need a blanket is the problem. <laughs> it starts in like the... Uh, hold on. It's, it's something, all right. We do have one mic. Oh, I guess that one's off. I don't know. A lot of beeping. Oh, the swing. You can hear it. You guys swing it. Oh, it's swinging. You know, they used to call it oscillate, but I guess that was too confusing for your generation. So they call is it. that called swinging on there? Yeah. I, I know it as, as oscillate. Oscillate. Os- os- oscillate. There we go. Oscillate. And we're going to put that to one. It's blowing all on Zach now. Put it on you. It won't. It's like, did it get turned? Because it's not. Uh, I had to have gotten turned. Oh. Zach's very uncomfortable. I don't like this. This is quality podcast right now. Right 
there. Beep. <laughs> Cozy. If you need to cool off this hot summer, get to the fridge. <laughs> they have air conditioning and booze and stuff. Get into the fridge at the corner of this and that in the town in which I live. <laughs> to be the worst read we've ever done. Uh, okay, well. They have air conditioning and beer and stuff. <laughs> go get to the fridge. This segment is sponsored by the High Low. They have high and low. Uh, we, we haven't been to High Low recently enough. We need to do that again. Well, I thought that's where we were going to go today. We should have. It was a bad call. That was a good call. Oh, it was delicious. Didn't you enjoy your meal? Yeah, it was good. I I just didn't think that type of a meal needed to be eaten at noon. I'm telling you, there's no way the dude's Irish. People definitely know where we ate. <laughs> there's no way that an Irish guy could learn to cook Mexican food that well. What is it doing? <laughs> it's, it's turning on and off. The fan is pissed. <laughs> Oh, for goodness sakes. I don't care what you say. This is the most entertaining start to a segment oh, we've ever God. had. I got one of those ultra-silent fans. You turn it on, you hear it. Yeah, Fitz is like, this is great. We can run it during the podcast. And he we flips it to. on the first time. Uh, <laughs> it was so damn loud. I was like, there's no way we were running that during the the podcast. No way. It sounded, first time we turned it on, it sounded like a motorcycle engine was powering it. Like, what? Oh, it's fine. You guys I, should let us know if you can hear it. Now. Yeah, right there. Okay. All right. I think it's just a calm in the background. It's just they'll think it's their car if they're listening in their car. I'm getting great feedback on people listening to the new podcast on their uh, like on Stitcher and stuff in their car because you can have it. Stitcher will download it automatically to the car when you get into your car. It's pretty slick. I didn't know Stitcher was still a thing. Sure, big podcast. I didn't know. know that. We're on Stitcher, man. Don't make fun of it. Well, I just don't use it. That's all. Well, no, because you guys have Apple. Yeah. And Apple's like, hey, there's a new podcast available. Except I have like three podcasts set up on there. Will it download it to your car automatically? So you can just hit play? I mean, I mean, it's on my phone and my valid point. I have my phone phone Bluetooth to the speaker and I just click play on my phone. So, yeah, that is kind of a weird feature because, yeah, if it's on your phone. But every like two days, I'll get an alert. It's like a new PowerCat podcast is like, you know, not every two days. It'd be like once every week or so. It's like a new PowerCat podcast available. And then it'll be like, uh, well, I guess used to be between the lines. 14 episodes of Between the Lines are now available, and then it'd be the one from the station back home, and I'd be like, all right, all right, chill. I don't need that many podcasts all at once. That's all I get. <laughs> Anyhow, getting good feedback from people listening to the podcast. In fact, I, I just heard a secondhand story about a couple who went from Salina to Colorado and listened to our podcast the entire way. Um, I think she's still married to him. I'm not sure. I mean, there's only so much of us you could take. You listen to old episodes the whole way? Yeah. That's what I was told. What if it was just overtimes? That'd be entertaining. We should compile the whole summer of overtimes, put them into one podcast, and make it the ultimate overtime podcast. That sounds like work. Let's go on, <laughs> let's go on to the second half of this week's 
PowerCat Podcast. Here's your questions from Wabash Station. From Garcat12761, Colin Klein is the lone coaching holdover. How do you read his demeanor towards the team this year versus prior years, realizing he wasn't able to comment in the past? Has he shared any insight with you on the new regime? Colin is reportedly saying gosh and golly as much as he has in the past. <laughs> I don't think anything's changed. Colin's walls are still really up. You can see that. I think we yeah, – everyone said Colin is perfect for Coach Snyder. They have the – you know, he, he really knows how to handle the media. And as it turns out, I think we're finding that's just Colin. He's not one that lends himself to being a colorful talker. He's very measured in what he says. I think that's just who he is. Yeah. Maybe who relax a little and bit more. And it definitely went up a notch when you get under the Snyder – First off, being under Snyder in the media as a player is one thing, and then you take it to the next level with the coaches, and it's like you are in a bubble. So I I still get that vibe like he wants to tell us stuff when we ask him questions, but he's like, uh, coach might get mad at me. And Chris Kleiman would be like, dude, I don't, I don't care what you say. Say whatever you want to say. That's my opinion of it. But we've only had – Colin a few times. That's also true. So maybe we'll... I would just... I'm just going to stop talking to him because he's so tall. He is extremely tall. The other coaches I go up to and I'm like, okay, decent. You know, I don't feel so small around them. He also needs, I feel very small around them. He also tall. needs to put on weight. He does. We need to get him into some post-podcast Have lunches. you noticed how skinny he is? I ask him every time. I go, have you lost even more weight? And he goes, yeah, I need to put on some weight. <laughs> Like, well, what are you going to be an extra in a civil war? What a war great news? problem that would be to have. I, know, I need to I, put on some weight. I, yeah. And you're not skinny. a player. Too skinny. I got yeah, he'd be a great extra in a Civil War movie. Like, he just got out of Andersonville. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry, Colin. We have a new name, B. Needham. Welcome to the podcast. From following recruiting, I've seen that kids in Iowa want to go to Iowa State and Iowa. Kids in Nebraska get that Nebraska offer and commit. Oklahoma recruits want to go to OU or OSU. How does K-State get these higher-level in-state recruits that want to come here instead of Nebraska, Iowa State, Minnesota, et cetera, poaching them? You win. You win. You got you to win and make them feel valuable. Um. Honestly, I think there was a perception that Coach Snyder had that you should just come, you know, to K-State. Why that, would you not? Yeah, and that didn't work all the time. Um, so I I think uh, they just have to invest more in the Kansas kids, be more visible at games. And, and I know you read the headlines of the Iowa kids. Iowa loses kids to Ohio State and other places. I, I know you see the headlines of other kids. I think what magnifies it in the state of Kansas is there's not as many kids. So when you lose one or two, it's big. It's a lot. But it just, at the end of the day, like I said, it goes back to winning because you want, and now I know Nebraska hasn't been all that good. However, Nebraska has however many national championships to flaunt. And I know Minnesota isn't a national contender necessarily, but they are a strong team in the Big Ten. I mean, let's let's be real honest. K-State has not been a strong competitive team since 2014. I mean, that was the last really, really good year that they had. So 
when you had when you saw that Coach Schneider was probably going to quit anytime soon, you saw the program wasn't winning tons of games every year. They were just barely making it into bowl games. It's tough to want to go. I, you know, I get it. But if Chris Kleiman comes in here and starts winning a bunch of games, if he starts creating a new culture, you're going to keep those. That's going to be an easier battle to win. That's just kind of the way the kids work. Um, it's tough. To, it's tough to sell people on staying home when staying home is your biggest selling point. Staying home should be kind of your closer, you know? Yeah. We have a great program. We win a lot. We put kids in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And you can play in front of your family that lives 60 miles down the road. Whatever. So that's all I'm saying. From KNED, was brand marketing the 16 goals and family to the level that they were a mistake? Family got excessive. I'll say it. Family got excessive with everything at K-State, not even just football. It got to be a little much. So should I tell Julie you think family's excessive? Oh, she knows. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble hey, for but, saying but, that. But let me back up one thing. I just remembered something. I just saw this tweet. The state of Arizona is also not a huge producer of talent, but more than Kansas. Of the 20 top kids in the state of Arizona in 2019, 17 went out of state. Arizona and Arizona State got clobbered in their home state. And why? They don't win. They're not winning. So. On to the, now on to the 16 goals question. I'll be interested to see if 16 goals is still in the wall. I don't have a problem with 16 goals. They'll still, well, they're not going to take them out of, out of the tunnel. No, I'm in on the wall in the uh, the theater room where the music oh, oh. press conferences are. Hmm, that's a good one. I don't think they'll completely separate themselves from the 16 goals, but they're not going to be like, oh, man, you know, Coach Schneider's 16 goals when he's five years retired. <laughs> it's like, that's not going to be a thing. I didn't think that they overplayed the 16 goals. I thought they I thought they did that an appropriate amount to where they let fans know what the 16 goals were. Every now and then a player would talk about it. But for the most part, the 16 goals kind of stayed – that was kind of a program thing, you know, outside of the one year that they literally campaigned a ticket ad sale off of them. But I felt like that was more team-centered, whereas family was just like, oh, how can we get people to want to buy tickets? Oh, we'll put the word family on it. So, I don't know. Maybe people dislike me for saying like that, but I just – it got – I thought there was a time and a place. The block was fine. But K-State family everywhere just was like <sighs> – Things can last for a year. Every year you need a new thing. So if they're using win the dang day for two or three years. If they're using win the dang day after six games this year, unless they're 6-0. and oof. Well, I was going to say that I think Chris Kleiman will put his goals up on the wall. Goal number one, win the dang day. Goal number two, don't lose the dang day. <laughs> pound the stone. <laughs> number three, pound the stone. Four. Don't miss the stone, pound it. <laughs> I think it's all. I, I think I've, I think I'm out. I think that's it. I don't think they have any more sayings. Get a ring. <laughs> get get the dang ring. Any sort of ring. <laughs> Number seven. My ring's way too much. <laughs> that was the. Oh my goodness! That was the biggest mic drop, and I don't even think he knew he was doing it when he got asked about that at Big Twelve Media Day. Because that was like, I asked him about coaching in the same state as Les Miles, and how it was cool that you know both Kansas schools. Had coaches that won national championships. He gave an answer on that. I'll have a story on Sunday about it. And 
I think it was Brett McMurphy was like, you didn't wear your ring down here. He Coach, uh, Coach Miles wore his ring, and he was like, oh, I'd have to pick from all my rings, and then my hand would get too heavy. And I was like, woo, <laughs> you are, yeah, I wow. Got, I got seven of them. I was like, that was something. And I love, I really appreciate the optimism of KU fans. Well, our coach, when he goes out and recruits, has a national championship ring. Yeah, he had a coach had a Super Bowl championship ring, and that didn't help. I mean, <laughs> didn't you learn from Charlie Weiss anything? Oh, family, that's what we are. From Watacat, what are your early impressions of the incoming freshmen? I think he means basketball, by the way. What do you mean? Yeah, I meant to put that in there. I forgot. Way to go. He meant basketball because he separated them. Um, uh, you saw him physically in person. Um, you said, you said um, Antonio looks. Antonio Gordon looks legit. Looks, he's going to impress people walking through the airport. He's long limbed, had some wide shoulders. Of course, you know they came in and sat down, so that's a little deceiving. He seemed to be a lot bigger than Montavious Murphy. Um, you know, in fairness. Uh, we were watching the guards practice, and the big men went, into, I think, probably over into the uh, women's area to work. <clears throat> um, so I didn't really see them play. I, I'm going to be blunt here. Dejuan De Gordon could be very good, but he's got a ways to go. He, he's got a horrible hiccup in his shot that I, I'm surprised they're not trying to fix. The ball rests on the heel of his hand, so he ends up Eesh. he ends up pushing it more than flicking it. He probably made 10% of the three-pointers that we watched. They've got to fix it, um, and hopefully they will. They're probably not trying to overwhelm him. He's got to get that ball up on his fingers more. But I'm not, he's obviously athletic. But, folks, if you're thinking they got Michael Jordan, don't put too much on this guy. I mean, he's going to be a freshman. They're all freshmen. They're going to go through some growing pains, and they got to really figure out what it is to play at this level. So that's why I think it was good that Bruce Weber invited him to the under-19 tryouts in that camp because he got exposure to playing with and against really high level, beyond what you do at the AAU. This was coached-up, disciplined basketball. So I think that was good for him, and he said that. From KSU Cat 80, in men's basketball, did anyone ask uh, Dejuan Gordon how to pronounce his first name? If so, how is it pronounced? Dejuan with an A. It's spelled with an A, not not sound. Sorry, that came out wrong. D A, capital D, lowercase A, capital J. Americanized J. Dejuan. Americanized J. Not. Thankfully, English. that's not going to change. Like Jada and. Diara sure? and Dara and Neil Williams. <laughs> but it is Gordon. It's Gordon. Is it really? No. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? Do you remember? Can signs Sean Williams in November? He shows up in the summer and he's Neil Williams. And I was like, man, this is some Jordan Henriquez Robert stuff all over again. <laughs> Last question of the second half from Watacat. Is it safe to say that the last scholarship will be kept open for 2020? I yeah. Would. I yeah. would. He said in that story, unless you guys didn't read it, in that story Bruce said that if you get to the start of the school year and you haven't signed anybody, it's pretty much over at that point. You're not yeah, going to sign point, anybody. They better be pretty good to sign them. If you find somebody that can come in and contribute this year, or it's going to be like point? like a one year, like a 
they played their true freshman year somewhere, and now they're transferring and going to redshirt. That's pretty good to have for the next year. But I don't think those guys are out there. I unless someone pops up late, I I just don't see who that could be. Number one, and I, I you guys are probably well aware of all the people out there. Um, there's too many targets in 2020 that a they're after, b that I believe they have a very good chance with. There's just there's too many of them for them to recruit this class with two scholarships. I also so I believe it'd be good to go into a three and then whatever attrition might come afterwards. And B, don't even give me the argument of oh well you could add a, another body for practice. You have those bodies. That's why you took the Dodge City walk on Joe Petrakis. That's why you have. Pearson McAtee, who was a pretty good basketball player on the roster. That's why you have your walk-ons. That's why you have your guys that don't play a whole lot. They are your bodies in practice. If you go out and add somebody for practice points at this point, they got to still adjust to college, too. They're just going to give your guys an easy go at it in practice. So I don't see any benefit to adding anybody at this point. Go into it with three, and, and maybe you know you get a fourth one down the line. 2020 is going to be a big class, and, and I think that you could do some damage here if you kept your, your scholarships open. Just- Hold on to the scholarship. Let Pierce or McAtee use it for the year and go fill it for next year. You want to take it away from him, though? Is he just junior? Yeah. Or is he a senior? No, he's know. a junior. I don't know. He's a junior. Well, I'll do some digging into it and what? let you guys know on the other side of it. But if he's a senior, then, yeah, go ahead and give it to him. Digging means he's going to get on the Internet. Like I just did and found out that Pearson McAtee is indeed a senior. So why don't we just give him the scholarship? <laughs> That's a good idea, Riley. All right. In that case, my answers change. Give him the scholarship. I think it's the best thing to do, unless someone really pops up that can help you out. And then just use it for the next year and and uh, go get – you know what? He's got to get another class to back up this class. He's got to start stringing together recruiting classes because that's what got them into this problem. They had the big three. They signed those guys. They were good, but they didn't fill enough guys, enough quality players in the next two, three classes. I mean, you think about it. They had like three total guys, and then they picked up Maui off the transfer market. Hmm. That's it for the second half of the podcast. We've got an overtime to go. It's a good overtime. Riley says it's a good overtime. I believe him. He's been to Hawaii. The gang will return with more of the Power Camp Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back to Fits of the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And it is the overtime of the Power Camp Podcast. I'm, I hate to say this, this is the last overtime we're going to get in July. This is it. There's no more time to go over. This is the last podcast. podcast. By, and by the time I get this up on the site, it's barely going to be July at all. <laughs> Had a weird day here. Had a busy day, a productive day here at the World Headquarters in downtown Manhattan. I love it when we bring people in from the uh, Power Chat and they look around and go, holy crap, this is really nice. You want to say who said that today? Or? No, I don't no, think we should. I already blew the opening guest. I just, I've opted not to beep it out. Oh. I mean, oh, yeah, with all the other work we got to do with the podcast, might as well. Yeah, we had, we had some issues in this podcast. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Good. Uh, you probably have noticed that got ramped up a little bit in the first two segments. Some of it. We redid the questions. When you redo questions, well, this is we if we'd never mentioned it, most people would have noticed. Yeah. When you redo questions, you do them exactly how you read them on the show. And I appreciate that. I try my best. So I just drop them right in. So anyhow, this is the overtime. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And we're in the WTC Gig Pirate Studios. No more waiting around. Here are your overtime questions from All Bass Station. From KSU number one, name the worst and best stadiums you have ever been to in any sport. Uh, when you sent me to Las Vegas for that ridiculous tournament, yeah. I still can't believe they lost. I know. The Orleans Arena is a dump. See, this is what I can't figure out. I know the Orleans is a not a great casino. I mean, it's off strip. Oh, it's not even a good casino. I, I get it. I mean, it's not even really a quality of a, some of the downtown casinos. And let's be honest, that doesn't say much. But they're proud of their arena. They have a lot of things in their arena. You know, events, concerts. They do stuff in that arena. Fix it up. They do concerts. There must be a small concert. Yeah, smaller concerts. Yeah. Okay. That's a small like, arena. Bad acts. Yeah. I like, just, that place was a dump. It was a tough place to get to. There didn't seem to be any act, you know. I, I just felt like I was running around with my head cut off the whole time. And just overall was not a nice facility to be in. But not fun. But to get there, you got to go through the wave of smoke in the God. casino. It was awful. Uh, you know, like the big casinos, they're smoking in them, but they have air scrubbers. They basically, you know, they take out all the smoke. You don't even know it's there. It just takes it right out of the air. I felt like it was a bunch of grandmas playing penny slots, smoking a cigarette, and drinking a white wine at four in the afternoon. <clears throat> that sounds like a good life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's yeah. easily the worst basketball place I've been. They make a lot more in Vegas off penny slots than sports gambling. I mean, a lot. More. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of pennies. Vanderbilt's bad. Vanderbilt was horrible. Vanderbilt was Liberty Bowl is bad. Oh, Liberty Bowl. Is it bad that I've basically wiped the Vanderbilt trip from my brain? I mean, I really have. It was 
It was traumatic. I have memories from the night before going out. That you shouldn't have memories of. <laughs> that was a fun night. I remember the ridiculous White Castle trip Zach and I took. Oh, yeah. But, like, the entire game itself, I mean, like, I, like, I don't even remember how we parked, like, where we parked, how we got there. I don't remember the game. I kind of remembered the lousy press conference we had after where nobody wanted to talk to us. It's like, I've blocked that. I've scrubbed it from my mind. And then Jesse Ertz tweeted you after the game. Yep. For properly quoting him. <laughs> yes, how dare I quote what he said. Arg. <sighs> yeah, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. It took a year and a half for it to end, but that was beginning of the end. But yeah, that Vanderbilt stadium, come on, guys. You're in the SEC. Act like it. I mean, spend some of the money you make on the money maker. And they're not even a joke of an SEC. Like, I'm not saying they're a contender in the SEC, but, like, they're not. They are. James, James Franklin, years aside, they were pretty much a joke. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like they have the money to do it. Oh, I'm anxious to hear your guys' reviews of the Mississippi State Stadium. I Honestly, I couldn't picture it right now mm. if you paid me to. I, I just can't believe Vanderbilt is in the SEC and has such a shoddy stadium. And what the problem is, it's political. Some people want to fix up their Memorial Stadium or whatever it's called. It's basically an ancient stadium in the heart of campus, and it's landlocked, and there's not much they can do. And some people want to build a new stadium, maybe share it with a soccer franchise that's in Nashville. And so they just go back and forth and never get nothing ever gets done. Why are you going to put renovations in a stadium when you might move to a different stadium? But don't move to a different stadium. We've got a tradition here at this stadium. So they just keep going in circles, and it's a piece of crap. It's a piece of crap. Another piece of crap was uh, the Utah Jazz Arena that I watched K-State go to the Elite Eight in. That place was awful. It's the Utah Jazz. Not shocked. Yeah. I enjoyed NRG Stadium in Houston. It was a nice place. I mean, we were essentially birds yeah. looking down on people. You know. But it was still cool. We're not the best people to ask. We we go to games. We find the press box. We do our work. We take an elevator. Usually maybe you have to cut through the stands, but go down underneath. We're into the underside of an arena. And let me tell you, right, Zach, every underside of the arena they is look, awful. They look the same. Awful. The Sprint Center, great, great place. Underside's an underside. It, it's just concrete pillars and unfinished Center space. blocks. I'm eager to see how game day experience changes at TCU now that they have the new video board. They switched to turf, like all that. Wait, they switched to artificial turf? Yeah. You sure? I like 98% went... certain they oh. did. Hmm? I was thinking they went to grass. I thought no, they, they switched, I thought they switched their grass strain to a different strain that was... Yeah, it's grown on their is. practice field. Anyway, I I like TCU Stadium. Well, every time KU talks about, which is a junk hole, which is what brought this up because someone did a listing of the worst stadiums, and Memorial Stadium was like 17, 18. It should have been in the teens or in the single digits. But, um, I don't Yeah. Every time I'm at Memorial Stadium, I think that they, want, they were talking about 60,000 seats. I'm like, Why? Why? Vanderbilt's a perfect example. Bay- not Vanderbilt. TCU's a perfect example. Baylor's a perfect example. Just get into that 50 smaller than that. Match. Yeah. Just go 45, 35. 50. Just do it. Just be what you are. Have a smaller, full stadium that is really nice with good seats. 
That's that's just my opinion. And There's something about Gary Patterson said that they play quicker on turf, and so they were switching. But it doesn't say if they were switching grass or if they were switching to turf. See, I thought that the practice field was a different grass. I think and the practice field to that. is turf. I don't know. I, it's confusing. Whatever. I think they're just think giving their players grass to smoke. My least favorite is probably the Alamo Dome. It's just a giant warehouse. There's can, no character to it. Can you believe the Spurs played there for so many years? No. Just crazy. I can't believe they have NCAA tournaments as recent as 2000. 2018. Yeah. Last year. They had the final four there. You know, and they just they need to fix it up. UTSA plays there, which is a really good, even though it's bad, it's really good for the level they play at. Yeah. I'm sure the crowds are massive. They but sometimes fill the lower bowl. But they're set up if they ever get good. UTSA could be a Florida Atlantic, Central Florida, maybe. You got a lot of talent around there. Playing San Antonio. The reason San Antonio still gets stuff is because it's the location of that arena. I mean, that stadium is right there off the Riverwalk. Okay. We done with this? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's move on. From Adam K 63 is Tyler from The Bachelorette the first contestant to play a game inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium since Sean Lowe? Has you, to be. You researched this. Based on, based on my knowledge of the show. The, that's deep, by the way, folks. I do watch it. I do watch it religiously, and I, I, I'll say that. Do you cry? I'll scream it from the mountaintops. I love that show. It's great. You cry, don't you? I don't cry. You get emotional when someone gets cut. I love that. I only cry. I only cry when it's like you're like, damn. You know, I would be perfect for that girl, and then you're like, oh wait, she's the celebrity now, and it doesn't work like that. But anyways, yeah, I think he is. Tyler played at Florida Atlantic in 16 when K-State won 63-7, to 64-7. He got one pass for four yards. Big place. He is not – well, I guess I shouldn't say he does not drop a pass because they don't keep that stat on ESPN. But he did catch a pass. So I have to imagine, based on my knowledge of the football players that have played, that have been on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and Colton from a couple of years ago played at Illinois State, but that was not when – Illinois State came to town. So, yes, I, I have reason to believe that is the fact. Tyler is the first since Sean Lowe. And did Sean, I mean, whatever, how much Sean Lowe played, but. Not a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pre- pretty equal, I think. So, there you have it. There's your connection, and that's probably why you should watch. Because you never know when you're going to find, like, a former college football player, basketball player on there, and then you're like, wonder if they played K-State. And then they did. We got to get Sean Lowe for the power chat. We should. Can I do that one? <laughs> um, you you got to do the overtime questions. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, the fantasy suite. What's that all about? What's it all about? Like, is it real? <laughs> do the cameras really leave you alone? And tell me this: Why do you guys go on all those dates, but you never eat any food? Frankly, you just take one sip of the drink in front of you, and that's that. Did you eat McDonald's before? I think that's a good question. Uh, look, I, I saw some of the finale, and I'm like, they're in Greece? What What is the travel budget this year for this show? It's wild. Dude, I'm just like, side rant. Whenever they're like, oh, our first date was amazing. We went on a helicopter ride, and then we sat ocean view in a hot tub standing over the Pacific. And I'm like, 
All right. Well, that's just pretty damn unrealistic because, like, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, your date should be. Our date was so awesome. We went to Taco Lucha, Lucha and got bean dip. Like, the, yeah. And, and then the high-low for beer. But it's like everything you do after that point, yeah. when you go back to normal life. I know. You're screwed. Is crap. <laughs> when hey. we went to a movie. And we spent $100 at a steakhouse for a mediocre steak. Like ABC isn't paying me <laughs> to take you on <laughs> yeah. all these dates anymore. Come on, it's ABC. gonna go downhill from here. Come on now. From Wildcat Pilot eighty eight, who gets their next ring first, Chris Kleiman or Jason Brown? <laughs> Jason Brown's gonna find some JUCO in California or someplace to hire him. He's gonna win a league title by bringing in a bunch of players. But Chris Kleiman has the opportunity to go to a small bowl game this year. He could, like the Armed Forces Bowl. And win. Man, that Armed Forces Bowl next to Played his, on grass. His seven national title rings. No. That that will be like a pinky ring. Yeah. But I mean I think I mean I think it has to be. Just size mine for the pinky because that's all I'm gonna wear it for. Dude's running out of out of, running out of fingers. He's like Phil Jackson. We're gonna tell him that. He like Phil Jackson. But I I think Jason Brown will coach. Oh, I'm sure he will. Dude's a good coach. He's not a good coach. He's a he's a good recruiter who does enough with his talent. And I I understand his what he says. If you put a camera on almost any coach and edit it to have the most dramatic clips, the coach is going to come off looking bad. There's no ratings in having him showing him sitting down with Bobby Bruce trying to get the kid's life on track. You know, there's there's no ratings in that, and I I would allowing like allowing Bobby Bruce to come back. I mean, and I sit there and wonder, do the producers go bring him back? And the quarterback, what's his name? Malik Henry. Bring him back for, for the drama, which screwed up their season. It did, but if he left Malik in in that game, they lost. They win. They go two and zero, and God knows what happens. Yeah. Right. Did they announce a school for season five? They, they haven't just... announced the season five at all. Okay. They're just going to make the spinoff. I think what they do is. Fiction. They're, they're doing they're, a... they're waiting to see how many downloads season four had before Netflix greenlights them. But Which is weird because maybe. at this time last year, they were already following Independence. Well, because they, they were to... at Media Day. Well, they have to pick a new school. I, I know. Yeah. What I'm saying is they had already picked. They had already gotten renewed. They didn't get like a two year contract, I'm sure. Like. I don't think they went into Indy with a two-year mindset. I think they went into Indy with one. They were pleased with the results. They went back to Indy for another one. Or they just renewed it a lot earlier because Indy was supposed to be good last year. But, like, you have to find somebody that's like Jason Brown or or Buddy. Buddy, whatever his last name was. Yeah. The new – I mean, it's the offense coordinator's new coach at Indy, and he's a nice guy who doesn't cuss a lot and – but it's going to suck. Doesn't have any hot tubs. <laughs> yeah, it's going to suck. Doesn't have, doesn't They'll talk be about his drinking and four and six and if that. Maybe they go to Garden. Garden's got a new coach. Garden See? shut him down the first time. I don't think they'd let go, but go to Garden. Although, they can go to Butler. Although, That'd be lit. Uh, although Garden can now look at the results of what it did for Indy football. Yeah. Even though it was some, self, some destruction there. Yeah. Dude, I could do a whole segment on that season. Hot take. It was one of the top two seasons of the four. <laughs> and Jason Brown is not as bad of an individual person as he is painted to be 
although his legal issues are what they are. So how would you rank the seasons then? What was the best? I'm assuming you're saying that one, one was the second four, one. One, four, two, three. Okay. Or 3-2. The second EMCC one was just like, I mean, we're here again. We're good again. Oh, we, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I like this one because you had to see, like, it I'm gave, in it. it gave, oh, I was in it. <laughs> but it had, you gave a, got a true picture of Juco football when you're not one of the top programs in the country. The dudes were literally like, I don't care what we do as a team. I, I care about me at this point. And like they hated the coach, they they like they were a lot of them were out to get him, and I'm just like this is really entertaining TV. I don't even care about the football, frankly. It was really entertaining, so I liked it. From infected testicle, would you rather be an average player on a team that wins the Super Bowl or a Hall of Fame player on a team that never makes the playoffs? Hmm. Give me the ring. Not in the Hall of Fame, then. I don't care. There's a lot of players that are in got rings that aren't in the Hall of Fame that is, I would probably say think they have a better career. Is Jordy Nelson going to be in the Hall of Fame? He'll be in the Packer Hall of Fame. He won't go to the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to. I don't know. I love Jordy, but he didn't have a Hall of Fame career. No, I'm I mean, not saying got, that. I'm saying yeah, but he got a he got, he got a ring. ring. Yeah, and I think K State fans, honestly, I think if he'd have had a Hall of Fame career and not won a Super Bowl, I don't think we remember him. We, we remember Jordy Nelson's NFL career a lot because of that catch in the Super Bowl. And they won the Super Bowl. And that was really cool. Would like, you, that kind of made him. Would you rather have a Hall of Fame coach or a national title? National title. A Hall of Fame. Like, oh. would you rather have Bill Snyder or <laughs> a national title? That's a sore subject, I think. <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> I, I have problems imagining myself being a great player that ends up in the Hall of Fame. And I'm comfortable imagining myself as an average player, so I'd want to be on a good team. Knowing my luck, I'd end up on, you know, Cleveland. I mean, I guess just put it in, like, I know it's not the same thing, but, like, put it in high school terms. Here like, go. would you rather be a first-team All-Stater or would you rather want a state championship? You'd rather win the state championship because then you're always going to have that story to look back on. And I imagine it's the same thing for professionals. You got that little thing you can put on your letterman jacket and wear it to college. Dude, I saw someone once wearing a letter jacket in college. And I was like, honestly, well, I wouldn't do it because you get judged. That was the warmest jacket I ever had. And it still is to this day. So I kind of wished in college they were acceptable because, like, this thing was warm. That was real warm. No. I'm not saying I wish I could have paraded my letter jacket around for accomplishments. I wanted the warmth of the jacket. I didn't have a big winter jacket at that point because I had just always worn my letter jacket as my winter jacket. I think he wanted to wear it. No, I didn't. No. I think you should wear it to Aggieville. I don't think I'm hey, allowed. Hey, Gates! I don't think. <laughs> people yell that at me without a letter jacket, all right? <laughs> From Watacat, what is more terrifying, going to the dentist or sitting next to a person on a plane who takes their shoes off? Well, for me, it's the most terrifying to be the middle it should seat. Be a crime. If I'm in the middle seat next to two strangers, it's traumatic. I'm a big guy, and there's always that guy that weighs 130 pounds and in a perfectly comfortable seat that puts his elbow on the armrest right into your fat roll. And you're like, dude. I'm fat. Could you at least respect my space, what I have here? He just wanted a cushion. Just get, stay on your space, Bones. Get over there, man. It should be illegal to take your shoes off on a plane. It should be illegal. Uh, I'm not saying I do it, but 
If you're sitting okay, with hold on. other people. Okay, hold on. We're not talking. Are, are we talking flip flops so you're barefooted or just you slide? I mean, honestly, even if you take flip flops off, there is a noticeable difference in the smell. I'd say no. I mean, there's no difference. Uh, no, there's you no difference. You want to smell my flip flops right I'm not now? Saying, no. I'm not saying you should do it. But I don't think there's a noticeable difference. I I get a whiff of my feet when I take my flip flops off, because it comes out of my like. If you sweat and you, like if you if your feet sweat, it goes into the flip flop. I mean, unless you're wearing like a no, I understand that, and it comes up. I'm not, but said, I think I think having a bare foot is more offensive than a socked foot. Yeah. Now I the problem isn't people take their shoes off. Well, if they have foot odor, yes, but they put them up. Into other people's line of vision. Yo. Like, if you take your shoes off underneath the seat in front of you and your feet stay there, nobody knows. If you're putting your feet up, shoeless, barefoot, sock, whatever. If you're putting your feet up, I think you're getting too comfortable on an airplane. Yeah. Well, I can't do it. Yeah, it's just a little bit. That said, the dentist is not that bad. I've been to the dentist, you know, I go twice a year. It's the same routine every time. Oh, teeth look nice. Probably could brush a little more in the back. How often do you floss? I say, not as enough as I should. Ha, ha, ha. Well, if you floss a little bit, maybe the gums stop bleeding every now and then. But other than that, you're fine. Uh, all right, see you yeah. in six months. When, be- when was the last time you t- your teeth were flossed? I'm like, I don't know. You were there. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. That's pretty much a dinner conversation at the Carlson household. Wasn't yeah, it? going to dinner or going to the dentist is just seeing dad at work. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't deal. If my dad was a dentist... And he was like scraping my teeth and all, because it doesn't matter how healthy your teeth are. Like, it's still kind of like when you're poking your gums and scraping in between teeth with a metal instrument with a sharp end, it's going to hurt. And if my dad had been doing that to me, I probably would have hit him in the face. Oh, my dad doesn't do that. That's what the hygienist is for. He just comes in, he okay. comes in and he looks. He's just all right. You're good. <laughs> Ever since I turned 18, they started checking for like lumps and stuff. You know, on your tongue, on kind of like uh-huh. throat, and it's like, ugh. He's kind of aggressive with it, to be honest with you. I don't like it. You're a different dentist. So uh, I used to go to Zach's dad as my dentist. And as you guys know, I'm a little bit claustrophobic. Just a tad claustrophobic. Uh, I don't like to have people in my space. I don't like to feel like I'm trapped. And So they're redoing my fake front teeth because I got them knocked out in a horrific scooter accident in the sixth grade. Scooter, it's the you know the wood slab scooters of the four wheels. Ours are plastic, but the, yeah, the, the scooters of death. I mean, there's no way those are safe. Did you guys get to go down a ramp on them? Excuse me, I don't remember that. No. Oh, that'd have maybe, been awesome. Maybe we didn't go down the ramp with the scooters. We there's had the no scooters, way. but we had a ramp that we'd go with the little turtles. Like they're, I don't know how to how you call them, but you. It's, got, it's like a scooter with handlebars. Yeah, you yeah. sit on them and you It's, you that, move and that's it's what go. he's talking about except the yeah. improved version. Well, we got to go down a ramp in that the gym with those. That's not safe at all. I feel a lot of the things I did as a youth were not safe at all. There was a time in history where America was just like, dude, you can't do that. Hey, Mom, what's for lunch? Peanut butter and lead paint. <laughs> well, now you can't even eat peanut butter in any anymore. In some schools, oh, in school, I was like, oh, no, why? No. All the all the kids that are allergic. 
Oh, true. Uh, but anyhow, I'm Allegedly. getting I'm getting my front two teeth reformed and they're permanent. And I had I absolutely freaked out. I was out of the chair like a <laughs> crazed bear. You'd have did you have braces in high school? You'd have been awful when they tried to make your molds. No, yeah, I can't. Because not because even if you like took it out, it's still in your mouth and it's still messing with you. Yeah, no, no. I Yikes. had crooked teeth. That's, oh. my, that's my story. About. I hope your Wait. father has enjoyed this yeah. this conversation. I'm sure he'll listen. From KNED, you have the first pick of the K-State basketball draft. Who are you picking out of Boozer, Evans, Rolando, Mitch, Poland, and for recent fans, he'll even give us Dean Wade. Mike Evans is the one that I feel like we should pick, but I'm not. Like, I don't. I don't know. A lot of those guys, I'm just basing on the numbers and right. the I, few highlights I've seen. I remember Mike, and he was incredible. And you got to keep in mind, too, with the numbers, he didn't have the three-point line, and he shot a lot of 20-plus footers. But, like, i got to be honest, he put he, he said he wasn't going to include Jake, uh, not Jake, he wasn't going to include Mike Beasley in there. And I'm like, given the numbers he put up in college and what he did that year, he's got to be part of the list, in my opinion, especially if Dean Wade's on there. I'm sorry. Mike did more at K-State than Dean did. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, well, I think I don't he, know. Dean won a couple titles. Or a won, title. Won. Yeah. But that, I mean, team versus individual. I'm strictly talking, I just need a player. Mike's all American. I mean, I'd take Mike 11 times out of 10 before I took Dean Wade. Yeah. But on that list, I'm going to go Jake. Just because I know what he can do with the ball. Now, if it's CNBA, I'm not taking Jake. Yeah. I, He'd be my last pick. I suspect the right choice is Bob Boozer because he was so dominant in his era. I remember him faintly from his NBA career, but that's just too old for me. Would his game fit today? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's so damn tall. He was tall. He was athletic. He could get up and down. Um, but I'd go with Mitch Richmond. That's my guy. That was my college. That's who played in college when I was here. I feel like it's tough to not pick Mitch. Mitch, and he was a he was a yeah. gamer. Mitch or Orlando. Orlando's not bad. Orlando is the guy that fits the game now better than he did back then. He was a I mean a six six, six seven guard. Not a great shot, but good enough and was could guard the four to the one. I mean, he yeah, was, that'd be a nice tool to have. I am not calling him I mean, he a was, tool. He was Wesley Awandu <laughs> with more offensive ability. By a mile? Yeah. <laughs> From I Like Pickles Cat, are Mike and Ike's jelly beans? I, this question blows I, my mind. I don't eat Mike and Ike's. No, they're not. Uh, see, I, so they're not a hard candy? They're, no. no, they're 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 soft like a jelly bean. They're just not shaped like a jelly bean. They're, they get stuck in your they're teeth. Skinny. They're skinny. They molded. Look, they're long. They look... Uh, I don't pull a picture of one. I need to see it. I mean, I, I got to look like an elongated tic tac. Yeah, which which is hard candy. Is, is it tic tac candy? Well, they have orange ones, so I would assume yes. Okay, the way I'm looking at these things right yeah. here. Oh, please pull up picture. You can't tell me that that is not just a skinny jelly bean. Like a like a jelly bean that went to fitness camp. It's not a jelly bean. I didn't say it was a jelly bean. Like a I said it looks like a skinny jelly bean. Jelly. And well. if they're the same substance to an extent, and, oh, this doesn't even look that much different. Those are jelly beans. I know. I pulled up a picture of jelly beans and a picture of Mike and Ike's, and I'm comparing them. And the only difference 
is that jelly bean is fat. And if you squeezed a jelly bean and kind of molded it a little bit, it would look like a Mike and Ike. Then it would be a Mike and Ike. So it's a jelly, bean. a jelly bean. So a Mike and Ike is a jelly bean. No. No, if you can if you can change the form of the jelly bean to look like a Mike and Ike physically, and they're both chewy. Can you change a Mike and Ike to look like a jelly bean? You could probably squish it down. No. I bet you you go go buy me some jelly beans, some Mike and Ike's, and let me do some work. <laughs> what a weird request. I'm really not gonna do that, actually. <laughs> not gonna do although I wanna say this, I kind of like jelly beans. Uh but I prefer Mike and Ike's, if it's the right flavors. I don't truthfully know the answer, but I think, yeah. But that was a great argument. Even though that was Just like saying. debate class level crap right there. I really don't believe what I'm saying, but here's what I'm going to say. I wish we'd had debate in high school. That would have been fun. Zach was definitive. No. No. Not a jelly bean. There we go. Is that what you're saying? You're going with me? I'm, I'm going to go with you. Yes. Doesn't Doesn't subtract my enjoyment of Mike and Ike's. I'm not sure if I like. I think I didn't. I don't think I don't eat them because when I was younger, that was like Parker's favorite candy. And you know, when I was younger, I just you know had to. I, if he liked it, I couldn't like it. We just had you know had to be different. So like, I didn't like them, and now I don't eat them. From Purple Powerhouse, what is your favorite outdoor activity that doesn't require insane athletic ability? His is disc golf. Dude, I played so much beer darts in college. It was easy. To like lawn darts. Yeah. 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 You set up a little board with a beer can and you throw darts at it? No, no, no. Then no, not like oh. lawn darts. What's lawn darts? Lawn darts are you put down a target in the lawn and they're giant. Oh, no. Beer giant darts. Giant spikes you throw. Dangerous. It's kind of dangerous. <laughs> beer darts Again. is like, let's say let's say Zach and I are sitting like on the ground. Not on the ground, but like in a lawn chair. Smoking weed? Yeah, sure. Okay. And we both have like a board next to us. Or it's like it's like a L. Oh. It's an L-shaped thing. Made of weed? And there's a backboard. No, what? No. <laughs> Where did weed come into the conversation? <laughs> it's a beer right there, and I throw darts at Zach's beer, and he throws them in my beer. If I hit Zach's can, he has to drink it down to where the hole is and then puts the beer back down. This is complicated. No, it's not. And what? then if I hit it a second time, he's got to finish it. The only two or the two different nuances to that or no, that's not yes, right, right. Yeah, yeah to that rule if i throw through the can if it makes a complete hole all the way through whole beer's gone if i hit the top of the can somehow whole beer's gone other than that you just drink down to the hole it's so fun so if you throw it to where it punctures both sides the beer's gone because of the well, holes? I mean, the key. I mean, you lose a lot of beer, yes <laughs> but the key is to try to drink it i mean you don't wear nice clothes when you play this game He's going to get beer all over you. This proves my point. This is why I'm not into drinking games. This is a distraction from what I really want to do, and that's drink the damn beer. Well, I always have one to the side because nobody's good enough to hit mine. Like, they just, everybody misses. So I got to have a side beer to drink. Because you're the greatest? What? No, because they suck. (laughs) There's nothing I do that makes them bad. What happens if you put your opponent's eye out? With a dart. We have stuck a few guys in the shin and the calf before. So do you use metal darts? Metal tip? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because obviously yeah, can. yeah. <laughs> can't really do that with a plastic tip. I'd say mine is just regular golf. Yeah, you're pretty good at that. I was I was a sand volleyball guy back in the day. Not that I was ever good at sand volleyball because it has sand. <laughs> kind of get stuck in it. Uh, but now I'm an aggressive gardener. Uh-huh. 
green thumb. I've heard your stories. Sounds like physical work. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that takes an insane amount of athletic ability. <laughs> to, to be a gardener? Yeah. It takes an insane amount of patience. And budget. <laughs> None of which we have. <laughs> yeah, the amount of money I spent on mulch that is still in my, most of it's still in the bags on my driveway because I bought it on the hottest day of summer. And now that it's cooled down, I've, I'm You're working on like, some other stuff. <laughs> Last question of the podcast from Watercat. How many years would you cut off your life to have a Whataburger within five miles of your house? <laughs> I ain't got any years to give, man. Well, if, you, if you have a Whataburger that close, you're already cutting yourself. That's exactly your it. You're clogging your arteries like, I'm eating there at least twice a week. I feel like because I don't have one next to my house, I've gained years. That's no question. That's a tie. My freshman 15 can be attributed to Whataburger. Whataburger. Oh, man. I did a freshman 20, and it would have been a freshman 30 if I went to Oklahoma State. Let's be honest. If we had Whataburger available to us right now, we wouldn't be obsessed with Whataburger at the level That's we That's also true, but I still would eat it twice a week. Oh, it's very good. I mean, it replaces McDonald's. Yeah, you just don't eat Chick -fil -A and Wendy's. And Wendy's is my go-to. If I had a drive-thru at Five Guys, I would eat that all the time. But this requires Ugh. me parking my car, getting up. I think it's pretty good. I mean, oh, I'm like not it. saying Five Guys isn't good. I'm saying I've had it five times, and I'm like, you know what? This is pretty greasy. Dude, even when I was – I came back from my friend's wedding, and I was miserably hungover. And I was like, oh, Five Guys would do the trick. Mm-mm. I've – I just felt worse and still hung over. <laughs> I had five guys. I mean, it's delicious. Too many guys. <laughs> I ordered five guys on Uber Eats on Sunday. It came in a plastic bag. Or, I mean, there's a paper right. bag on the inside. Comes in a plastic bag, you know. The paper bag on the inside is completely wet with grease. Oh, my God. Delicious. It was still good. I just but put on five pounds listening to that. It was kind of gross. I don't know... <sighs> There's I would no give up some of my life to have a Whataburger that close, but I don't know what the proper number on that is. I don't. I mean, after a certain point in life, all I'm going to be doing is sitting on a chair, eating, sitting on the chair again, eating again, going to bed. You just described me. This chair is this so at chair 50, a toilet? So at fifty five, <laughs> like Fitz, my life will be over. <laughs> I'll be just sitting in a chair watching whatever the equivalent in in thirty years is to Netflix. And I feel like at that point I'm like, well, I could toss in a few, but I also don't want to give them up at the end. Mm. Backload the Whataburger. <laughs> this is hard. How about we don't have to give them up? We just we just let it happen, you know? If you give me a Whataburger that close, I'm going to take years off my life, but I don't have to set them in stone. You just don't know. It's I just let it happen. Yeah, you don't know that all that Whataburger cost you three years. And I'd be happy not knowing that. If, if it's the whole time I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, I give up five years of my life for this, it wouldn't be as enjoyable. But if I passed, because I had too much Whataburger, I'd be like, well, you know what they say? Find something you love and let it kill you. Man, that burger was good. Too bad I gave up seeing the birth of my grandchildren. Man, if I'm 70 <laughs> and you have... That's an old grandpa. No, it's not. It is in some corners. That means... Okay, maybe I'm just different. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm 23. My grandpa's like 74. Yeah, but you're the oldest. Yeah, but... 
Well, sounds like it's time for grandkids. Yikes. Big yikes. Great, great grandkids coming to the Gates family. I think I'll be in a little bit of trouble. Riley, in Acuville featuring Reckless Sex. Man, we were just talking about Whataburger and it turned to a dig at me. <laughs> How the hell does this happen every week? Oh, he's wearing his Letterman's jacket and he's getting some girls. <laughs> oh, I mean, it. it hasn't worked at this point. Might as well try something else. <laughs> we're out of the podcast. That's it for this week's podcast, this month's podcast. Whatever you want to say, we'll be back in August with more podcasts. And even more than one a week is right around the corner. And stay tuned next week for the debut of the Power Chat. Thanks for listening. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.